Hey guys, welcome. We are delighted that you are joining us tonight live right here on Facebook. Thank you for jumping in. And uh, it is uh, 8.01 Central Time right here in Pensacola, Florida, as we get ready tonight for night number six in our 21-day communion fast. It's a nightly broadcast that we do <clears throat> to really help celebrate this 21-day fast right at the beginning of the year. So we want to welcome you. Thank all of you for being right here, ready to go, uh, ready to jump online. Hey, Deborah, good to see you. Uh, there's our Aunt Nell again, Jennifer, on here. I call her our aunt, our aunt because, you know, uh, she's my aunt too. There you go. So, uh, but we're delighted to see all of you on here. Uh, Deborah and Draco, all of the rest of you all, good to have you. Thanks for jumping in. And we're really excited tonight about what the Lord has been ministering to us uh, for this time tonight. So we're going to take a moment or two here and get everybody an opportunity to go ahead and begin to jump in. So thank you for uh, doing that tonight. Uh, Lola just came in. Cindy Ayers came in. Cindy Schrader just came in. Uh, Joyce McGuigan up in Pennsylvania. So we have officially got uh, Alabama. We got Indiana. We got Kentucky. We got uh, Pennsylvania. We've got uh, all of you guys coming in. Becky Durr, thank you for jumping in tonight as well. And we're really excited to have you all tonight. Catherine Grace down in Florida, thank you for jumping in. And uh, wow, what what a, what days we are living in, right? So, uh, so come on, while we're waiting on everybody to come in, uh, take a moment. I've asked you to do this for a couple of nights, but I really want to hear it. Is there a word, maybe a key word or a phrase or a scripture reference that the Lord is really giving to you uh, at the beginning of 2023? Is there something that you would like to share tonight? Is our good friend Jack Fambro. Thank you for jumping on and uh, welcome tonight. We're so honored and blessed that you are with us, joining us in this 21-day communion fast. And uh, it is a fast where we're crying out. We are fasting tonight, not really from. Our emphasis is not on what we fast from, but in fact, it's for what we are fasting. So it's what we're fasting for and not what we're fasting from. But we are, we ask you to let the Holy Spirit lead you in what you are to fast. And on the communion fast here, we are focused on what we're fasting for. And certainly tonight we're crying out for awakening and transforming revival in the nation and in the nations of the earth. We've had other nations joining us on here uh, every night. Becky Durr uh, is down there in Hoover, Alabama. We love Hoover, Alabama. That's that's two we got in here from Alabama tonight. So uh, Alabama, when they show up, they just kind of take over. And uh, so we welcome each of you all here. I think, I think Jack's out in Missouri, St. Louis area, I, I believe. And um, so while we're just giving everyone a moment or two to come in, I'd like for you to take a minute and begin to share. Is there a word that the Lord has given to you? Maybe there's a scripture reference that you have, have felt laid heavily on your heart at the beginning of this year. Is there a prophetic word that you have received or heard or been given that you feel like would be important for this group to consider? 
then we want to encourage you to do that. We're going to be getting right underway tonight. We've got a lot to share, and we're super excited about doing that. And uh, when we come on, we love to uh, not only release our own voice and sound in this teaching, but we also love to hear from others what the Lord is saying and ministering to you as well. Hope you guys have had a wonderful day. Uh, it's the beginning of the year. It is January the 6th, and uh, we're delighted that you are here. A lot's happening in our nation uh, tonight. I'm sure many of you have been watching what's going on in our nation's capital, and uh, there are news headlines tonight that just continues to stun the modern mind as to how these things are happening. And so uh, it's incredible. We've been watching what's unfolding now for the last few days in our U.S. House of Representatives, and uh, we're watching that. Actually, Matt Gates is our uh, U.S. Representative here from District 1 in Florida, and uh, pretty incredible what those guys are doing. I'm just telling you, uh, they're shaking things up. Look, let me tell you something. Everybody loves to talk about a shakeup in Washington until a shakeup in Washington come, and then suddenly you think it's the absolute end of the world, Right. But uh, we're delighted. I assure you tonight that that chamber has heard much uh, more vociferous and uh, edgy, uh, violent even with words, um, over the course of its history. But there are many things happening in our nation and around the world tonight, and we are desperately crying out for God to move in the hearts and lives of men and women, that we might see uh, the greatest awakening ever known to mankind, we believe is laying ahead of us and not behind us. So we want to encourage you to jump in with us tonight, become a kingdom ambassador, and uh, become one who is a proponent by faith, by actions, by life, and by words would you become a proponent of the great covenant promise of God for the nations of the earth? And we encourage you to do that. We need you. The Lord needs you. The nation needs you tonight to be courageous, to stand strong, and to see the hand of the Lord at work in our generation. Now, last night I shared with you about a life of prayer. And those of you who were here may remember that, and we're not going to go back and repeat that, but I, I do want to share, I uh, can't stay with y'all tonight, we are out with family celebrating Mary's birthday. Mary Harvey, it's her birthday, so everybody needs to wish Mary Harvey a happy birthday and uh, jump on their Facebook when this is over, and let's show all kinds of love to Mary Harvey, if Mary's listening to me right now, I would sing her happy birthday. Um, so Graham, don't, don't, if she's not listening, don't embarrass me and make me sing happy birthday uh, right here. By the way, do you all know where happy birthday was invented? Whoever created the song happy birthday? Did you know, by the way, that happy birthday is probably the most off-sung uh, song in all of human history. It's kind of interesting. I don't know if it's true, but uh, I read it to be true, so surely it is. But here's what I want you to know. Uh, where did the song come from? The song was actually written by a lady who was a school teacher, and she had a young boy in her class that just kind of uh, 
had, had uh, a, a general difficulty for a lot of different reasons and fitting in in the class. And he just kind of was a loner and just really just uh, struggled socially to uh, connect in with a class. By the way, this is just off the cuff stuff. This is happy birthday uh, stuff. And so the teacher really wanted to do something, uh, especially one morning for the boy. It was his birthday. So she actually wrote the song to uh, sing to that little boy uh, in the birthday, uh, on his birthday, right there in the classroom. And if anybody on here can uh, tell me the city uh, and the state in which that happened, then I'm I'm going to be watching. So if you do it, if somebody gets it right, I'm going to tell you. Now, I'm going to tell you pretty quick because some of you all have quick fingers, and I know what you're going to do. You are going to go Google it. And some of you aren't going to believe me, and so you're going to go Google it when I'm done anyway. So, but um, I don't see anybody responding. So the song was written in Louisville, Kentucky. Come on, somebody say amen right there. Louisville, Kentucky, the birthplace of happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. And by the way, that is for Mary Harvey. So that's awesome. So last night we talked some about uh, a life of prayer. And if you all remember last night, and by the way, I would love for you to take a moment or two and give me some feedback on that. Uh, I've been trying to do uh, some writing. I want to do more writing this year, and uh, but I'd love to hear from you if there was something particular that stood out to you last night uh, when I was talking about a life of prayer. Is there something that you felt like, oh, by the way, Graham Harvey, I bet they're going to the mixer to eat. Oh, my word. Look, can I put a bug in your ear? Because when you travel as much as Jennifer and I travel, you know about restaurants that are just uh, nobody else knows about outside of a regional area. But if you ever go to Madisonville, Kentucky, you've got to go to a restaurant called The Mixer. It is owned by Graham and Mary Harvey's daughter and her husband, and it is a fantastic place. So that's a wonderful free plug right there for The Mixer in Madisonville, Kentucky. And so we want to uh, be sure and uh, welcome you tonight. And I'd love to, I'd love for you to take a moment. If there's something that stood out to you about last night when I was talking about the life of prayer, if there's something the Lord ministered to you or something you heard the Lord say, or if there was a scripture reference that stood out to you, uh, I'm sorry, if you're ever in Hopkinsville, Kentucky. See there? My woman corrected me, and she did it so nicely. Did you all see that? That was probably Graham Harvey that liked that. Nope, Sharon Compton. So if you're ever in Hopkinsville, go buy the mixer. Still owned by the same people. So let's talk a moment about that message last night, uh, a life of prayer. The first thing we talked about was a mystic fellowship. Uh, I'd love to hear some input on that. Because here's what I want you to know. I believe as we are ever in, in, encroaching deeper within the days of the end of days, then I really believe with all of my heart that we are going to begin to see um, much more, as you all can see, something has happened here to me. 
And uh, so I'm trying to get this resolved in the easiest way possible. Uh, Lola says, I realized the ministry of, in prayer of prayer was important in the kingdom of God. Thank you, Lola, for getting involved uh, tonight. Thank you for sharing. Uh, Jack Frambro says, the moonlight in Owensboro, Kentucky. See, right there it is. I don't know what Jack Frambro knows, but I know he knows good barbecue right there in uh, Owensboro, Kentucky. Been there many times. Love to connect with leaders uh, in the Owensboro area up there. And uh, certainly Moonlight is a great restaurant. Who knows? You know, this podcast or this this um, this episode tonight may in fact turn out to be uh, great little restaurants, but maybe not. Joyce McQuiggan wrote in there that faith when we pray moves the hand of God. I love that right there. Uh, Joyce says prayer is so important. The Bible say pray without ceasing. Over and over again, we find the importance of prayer and the power of prayer in a person's life. So last night we talked about the mystic fellowship of the life of prayer. And it really is an amazing concept to me that you and I could be miles apart, even thousands of miles apart. We could actually be on opposite sides of the world, but be in a place of prayer. And there's a wonderful mystic connection that happens when people pray together. Cindy says, Jesus taught us the Lord's Prayer. Amen. He did. He taught the disciples to pray because prayer is the most vital uh, area of stewardship in our lives. And by the way, that was our second point last night. And that is not only is prayer, a life of prayer, a mystic fellowship, but it is also a marvelous stewardship. Now, I shared with you all last evening. I, I didn't share the book with you, but I, I pulled it out today so that I could show you tonight. It's this book right here. It's entitled The Ministry of Prevailing Prayer by Dr. Harry Jessup. It's a really old book, and uh, I, I love the book. I bought it years ago for a quarter when I was in college, and uh, but it's a great old book on prayer by Dr. Harry Jessup. And it was uh, published in 1941. So it's a great old book, and we just love it so much. But one of the things that Dr. Jessup mentions in this book, and, and look, here's part of the reason why I'm surrounded by old books. And this is part of the reason why I love to reference old books. Because think about it. In this man's life and ministry, he's been gone a long time. But yet, because he took the time to steward his pen or typewriter, whatever he had, I guarantee you he didn't have the tools that you and I have now. Now you can get artificial intelligence to write your book for you. But here's what I want you to know. Back in the day, they had to do it the old way. But just think about it for a moment. His life is over. His ministry is now for eternity. And... um we have no recording that I've ever heard of his preaching ministry or teaching ministry. But what we do have is an entire book entitled The, the Ministry of Prevailing Prayer. And because he stewarded his pen well, many generations after him have now been afforded the privilege of access to his heart, 
his life and his in his teaching on the ministry of prevailing prayer. So I just want you to know that it's important that you set your mind to leave a legacy for those who come after you and leave a legacy. We need to know, Jack Fambro says, we need to know the difference in speaking to and asking for. Come on, Jack Fambro. I love that right there. As a matter of fact, if we learn the dynamic of the life of prayer and the, the mastery, if you will, or the, the marvelous stewardship that comes with prayer, it doesn't take long until we begin to realize that we don't approach God in prayer from a posture of begging uh, as an orphan, but we come speaking as a son or a daughter in the house of our Father. Amen? Um, our Aunt Nell Vaughn says, when we pray the prayer of relinquishment, it moves the hand of God. Did y'all hear that? I love that right there. And Nell Vaughn knows what she's talking about. So last night, we're not going to repeat it all tonight, though I dare say we could... Um, we could uh, we could do much more on that one simple little subject right there and really uh, go deeper into great truth. But it is also a marvelous stewardship. But I was going to say, Dr. Jessup says in the book that the cardinal stewardship of a person's life is their prayer life. Now, I shared that with you last night, but I didn't reference the author, and I wanted to do that tonight. Think about it. The cardinal stewardship of a man or woman's life is his or her prayer life. Greater than the stewardship of your money is the stewardship of your prayer life. Why? Because your prayer life, rightly stewarded, will certainly govern, um, you know, your financial well-being and your giving and your sowing and all of that. Uh, also, uh, you know, a, a, a life that is rightly stewarded by prayer as the cardinal stewardship of our life, suddenly everything else will be governed out of a spirit of prayer and intercession. And so we just love that. The third thing I mentioned last night, and then we're going to jump right into tonight. We're going to go from the power of a life of prayer to tonight we're going to look at the power of the blessing of God on your life. And um, I, I just love that, Nelvon. It's so awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And so the third thing we looked at last night was a mighty contest. So I want you to know that those that come into agreement in prayer really become a warring host. The warring host of heaven in the earth realm is the praying saints. Now, I hear a lot of people talk about angel armies invading regions or cities or whatever, uh, uh, angel armies. And I love the thought, and I get it biblically. But can I tell you something tonight? It may be that angel armies are stewarded and guided by an army of warring saints in the place of prayer who are crying out for God to move mightily in their city, in their region, in their family, in their marriage, or wherever that they might need that prayer to be. We looked last night at Daniel chapter 10, and it was a great time together. So I'd love to hear some of your thoughts about that. 
Also, if you would share with us maybe some prayer needs or maybe even prayer goals. I want to remind you also that one of the things that we want to do is we feel that the Holy Spirit is leading us to actually begin a thousand connect together, a thousand homes of prayer, a thousand houses of prayer, and we really need to do this uh, very quickly. Uh, and, and here's what that means. It doesn't mean you got to open up your house to strangers. That's not what we're saying. That doesn't mean that we're asking you to commit to have weekly meetings or anything else inside of your home. What we're asking you to do as, as in your home is to designate your house as a house of prayer and intercession. Now, if you have a house prayer meeting, that's awesome. We would love to connect with you in that. If you have groups over, we would love to connect with you in that. As a matter of fact, we'd love to see some houses of prayer uh, set up in people's homes where they invite family and friends to come in, and then we'll do a live Zoom in there. We can teach on prayer, or we can pray together and really see the Holy Spirit move in a mighty, mighty way. So, But we're not asking you, will you open your home to strangers? Will you commit to meetings inside of your house? That's not what we're asking you. What we're asking is, would you consider to become like a strong fisherman's net tightly woven together that we might become a network of prayer and intercession wherever this broadcast reaches, we want to connect houses together in prayer. And what we will do is we will provide uh, bullet points and emphases for prayer. We'll share prayer answers uh, from anywhere in the world, and we will begin to rejoice. But we're going to very strategically begin to implement a plan to connect people in prayer and to mobilize them in prayer. So if that's something that you think you might like more information in, you're not yet willing to say, look, I'd love for my house to be one of those a thousand houses of prayer but I would like more information on that. And if that is you, what I'd love for you to do is put a number seven. No, 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 let's don't do that. Don't put a number seven. Put a number 23. Put numbers 23 right there in the message slot if you would like more information about how you could connect your house as a in this global effort to connect many, many homes together in prayer. Now, look, a thousand homes is a good number, but it's just a very, very small beginning because we're going to begin to multiply that homes out there and you will begin to see that in the strategy. So anyone on here that's interested in more information only, just write in the number 23 and we will uh, inbox you right here in your Facebook page. We'll just inbox you so you don't have to give any additional information, but we want to connect you. And uh, we're going to need to identify uh, prayer leaders in regions. And a lot of that's going to begin to unfold through the implementing of the strategy. But we we need, by the way, uh, Catherine Grace just put 23 right there in the message slot. And, and I'm hoping Catherine uh, and them will be over here at our house the very last night of uh, this communion on the, I believe it's the 21st. 
of, of January. And uh, I'm going to have some of our leaders who are here with us to lead us in prayer that night uh, on this call. But if you're interested in getting more information about this global network of prayer and intercessors connected together, then put a number three right there in the message slot. Uh, no matter when you watch this, go ahead and put it. Uh, today, I, I had someone on Facebook that was watching the video from a couple of days ago, and they were watching the entire video, and I could tell that. The way I could tell it is they were commenting as they were watching the video. And they were commenting in real time. And every time they commented, it would come up on my phone, which allowed me the opportunity to go over there real quick and respond to them. So even though they were watching it live, it was really a one-on-one -on -one interaction because I could tell they were watching a live. So, so all of you that are putting the number 23 in there, thank you for doing that. And we're going to really connect because in the, the, the five-fold assignment that God has given us for 2023, this is where we must begin. And a thousand homes is just the beginning, uh, but that's where we're going to go. Now, last night we talked about the power of a life of prayer, a mystic fellowship, a marvelous stewardship, and then thirdly, a mighty contest. Tonight, I want to share with you about the power of the blessing of God being released upon your life. Now, look, guys, why am I teaching on this tonight? Because I, I want you to know, but more than me wanting you to know, what I want you to know is completely irrelevant. It's what God the Father wants you to know. What the Father wants you to know is that your blessing does not rest on the whim of how you feel. Your blessing does not rest on a whim of what you believe about yourself. I want you to know that the blessing of God is included in the covenant promise of God. And friend, tonight, you are blessed, have been blessed, will be blessed in greater measure than you could have ever imagined before. Thank you guys for putting number 23 right in there. And we're just, we're getting going with this and we're not going to delay uh, any longer. Now, I want to read for us again, the anchor verse for our week number one, and that is Genesis 15, one. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Now, I have emphasized that every single night. I'm not going to do it again tonight, but hear me when I say to you, receive the word of the Lord at the beginning of 2023. And I know it's amazing to me, sometimes by the time we get through the first week of the year, all of those resolutions, all of those big dreams and goals that we started out the year with and we told everybody about in December, by the time we get to about January 10, we've kind of forgotten them. But look here, Genesis, thank you, Jennifer. Genesis 15, 1, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, fear not, Abram, I am your shield. I am your abundant compensation and I am your reward and it shall be exceedingly great. So I want you to know, even at the beginning of covenant language, even at the beginning 
of the Abrahamic covenant, which in fact, the Bible makes very clear that all of the families of the earth from Abraham's day to our day are blessed by God the Father through his covenant promise that he made with Abraham. Now, when 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 Abraham entered into covenant with God and God entered into covenant with Abraham, I want you to know that it was a, a remarkable uh, ritual that unfolded that is really, really incredible. But from the very beginning and sealed at the very end, we begin to discover the dynamic truth of the power of the blessing of God. Friend, tonight, the United States of America needs the blessing of the Lord to rest upon her. Come on, somebody. We need the blessing of God. It's amazing to me, and we all rejoice that the young football athlete in the National Football League for the Buffalo Bills, young Damar, 24-year-old, had a massive heart attack on the field the other night. We're so glad, and I know his family and teammates, and actually the whole nation is rejoicing over one young man whose life was spared. Think about that. It's a beautiful thing. And we love seeing how the nation comes together for one person like that. It really is incredible. But I want you to know that if the nation were to come together for a cause like this, friend, I'm telling you that we can see great, great, wonderful days ahead for our nations and our families. And we were glad today to hear that they had taken him off the respirator. He's now talking to his family, uh, his the, the staff at University of Cincinnati Hospital, and he's also talking to his teammates. As a matter of fact, from what we understand, the first thing he asked his teammates was, or the first question he asked was, who won the game? It, it's a real athlete, friend. And here's the other thing. If something like that happens to you, you have no idea what happened. You know, you just come to and don't know. Uh, my brother, who is a pastor in Louisville, Kentucky, has actually lived through uh, three major heart events just like that. Um, it's incredible. But he's lived through three of them. Uh, two of them, he literally died uh, during the time. And the, the miracle of his life is really incredible. And it's a great story to be told there. But here's what I'm saying to you. Uh, it's not too late for America, friend. When you see a news broadcaster on ESPN bow his head and pray on, on air, it's not too late for America. When you see football teams put the game aside and coaches embrace and young players walk around that field with, with tears running down their face for a friend, it's not too late for America. When you see teammates kneeling on the floor, friend, it's not too late for America. And I want you to know only God could orchestrate that. I just believe that God was doing amazing thing. Prayer was on display with Damar Hamlin. Isn't that an amazing thing? I love it. And think how blessed and happy his family is, and he is as well. And we pray for a supernatural recovery in his life. And we just come into agreement with that. But I want to tell you something, friend. Every one of our lives have been blessed. Can I tell you something? You're walking. 
you are 10 deep in the blessing of God, and many of you don't even know it. I'm telling you, did you know that the, the, the Bible says that the blessing of the Lord will overtake you? It's going to overrun you. Now, we don't live with that kind of thought. We live with the kind of thinking that is worldly, that is natural, that is rooted in fear rather than rooted in the blessing of God. And so, friend, I want to share some verses with you tonight because I want you to know in 2023, this is the greatest year of your life to start a business, create a new stream of income, <clears throat> break off the chains, step outside of the realm of your comfort zone. Can I tell you something? You're never going to grow until you begin to challenge the, the bonds of your comfort zone. Somebody needs to just, somebody needs to challenge that because I'm telling you, there's a lot of room to grow. There's a lot of room to build. There's a lot of room to create business and start wealth, and create wealth and all of that. And we can do it in times of good economy and bad. Why? Because we have the assurance of the word of God. And guess what else we have? We have the surety of the covenant promise of God. And friend, you may say, well, I don't know if I really believe that. Well, I'm telling you what, the father believes it because he sealed it with the blood of his own son. He sealed it with the blood of his own son. Can I say that to you again? He sealed it forever with the blood of his own son. And friend, Jesus Christ was not only <clears throat> crucified, dead, and buried, but he was raised again from the dead. He ascended to the right hand of the Father, and he is there right now interceding for me and you. I wonder what he's praying for. Friend, I tell you right now, I, I don't know. Maybe he is praying for your electric bill. I don't know. Maybe he is praying for your car payment. I don't know. Maybe he is praying for the water bill. Maybe he is. I don't know what he's praying for. I do know he's praying for everything that concerns you. But here's what I want you to know also. He has already provided for everything concerning you. Somebody somebody needs to get on there and say amen. Thank you, Cindy. Good timing. I could always count on Cindy for an amen. Y'all don't know Cindy like I do. Now, look, let me tell you all this about Cindy. She's a good ameneer but she's not a really good basketball player because I beat her. I, I don't I beat that woman so many times playing basketball. It really is probably embarrassing. But here's what I want you to know. You are chin deep in the blessing of God. So whatever the Lord is praying for, go ahead and laugh at her. <clears throat> whatever the Lord's praying for, maybe he's praying for your utility bill. Maybe he's interceding for your headache, right? Maybe he's concerned deeply about your, your stumped toenail. But here's what I want you to know. God the Father, through the death of his only begotten Son, sealed forever with the blood of his Son, the covenant promise of God that he instituted in your life through the provisionary death of the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Ghost in your life. Can I tell you tonight? Somebody on here just needs a fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost, a baptism of encouragement and confidence. So I want to talk to you for a minute tonight about the power of the blessing, 
the power of the blessing of God. And you may say, but we, we thought we were talking about covenant. We are talking about covenant. That's what's amazing to me. Whether God's praying about your utility bills or not, I guarantee you he is praying that you would receive by the word and by the Holy Ghost, that you would receive by revelation of the word of God, by the power of the Holy Ghost, that the covenant promise of God is yes and amen, and it is your promise. So why are you fretting over it? Why are you fearful about it? Come on, come into a place of peace and rest and say, you know what? My yes is an amen, and my amen is a yes. And I know greater is he that is in me. Come on, somebody. I know no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I know I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you may say, well, yeah, but that's, New Testament stuff. Friend, here's what we got to know. The covenant promise of God is rooted from kiver to kiver. It's rooted from cover to cover. Every page of this book is full of the blessing of the covenant promise of God. Friend, that's why it's called a covenant. That's why it's called an Old Testament and a New Testament. It's an Old Covenant and a New Covenant. It's the old concealed in the new, and it's the new revealed from the old. And it's sealed forever by the covenant promise of God. So what I want you to know is listen to this scripture. And thou say in thy heart. Now, you may say, now where's this at? Look here. And, and here's, what, here's what the Bible says. Now, say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand hath gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he. Somebody needs to write, it is he. He's the one. <clears throat> it is he. See, here's, here's what the writers write. Here's what Moses write about in the book of Deuteronomy. He said, I know, some of y'all say, I built that. I created that. I invented that. I made that. I created that money. I bought that farm. I did this. I did that. But he said, but you know what? What you should be saying is that the, that you should first remember the Lord. Can I tell you something? And that's why we do it at the beginning of the year. That's why it's part of the covenant promise of God. Because I'm telling you right now, it's time to remember what God did for you. I, I want you to think about this. Remember the greatest service that you were ever in. Some of you may want to write what you saw. Maybe you saw a miracle. Maybe you saw a husband get saved. Maybe you saw a son or a daughter. Maybe you saw angels. Maybe you saw the fire of God fall out upon a people. But look, let me tell you something. The blessing begins in the place of remembrance. I'm going to pause right there. I'm going to get me a cup of coffee. Because some of y'all need to know that the blessing begins in the place of remembrance. Look, friend, you don't have to bow, you don't have to worry about writing or scribing your future. The first step to writing your future is to remember not your past. I'm not saying go back and remember all of those things, all of those things you did that 
Well, I started to say stupid, but that wouldn't be so nice. Uh, I'm not asking you to go back and remember all those stupid things you did. I'm just saying, remember God. Remember, it is he. It is he. Now, look here. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8, we find deeply rooted covenant language that is rooted into Genesis 15. And here's what God says. But you shall remember the Lord your God. Thank you, Jennifer. The blessing begins in the place of remembrance. I can talk about some places I've been in my life and, and emotions overtake me. Here's why. Because when you remember something, it's not like you just cognitively remember it. Is there anything in your life you've ever remembered that is like you still remember the smell? I grew up in a on a in in a little town in in Kentucky. We had a little bitty tobacco farm about fifty some odd acres, and I remember working in the tobacco fields when I was a boy. And it was it was brutal hard work. It was a man's work for a teenage boy. But I remember, you know, my favorite thing about it was my favorite thing about the entire raising tobacco process. And some of y'all from Kentucky or other places may know what I'm talking about. My favorite thing was the smell. When I get around this smell, I can identify immediately what it was. But it's not working out in the field. It's not riding the old tobacco setter like we used to ride. It's not going through and hoeing around all those plants. It's not harvesting the plants. It's not doing all of that. It's not stretching out in the barn and hanging them in the barn. It's not that. But the, what I remember the most is the smell of the stripping room. When it would be cold in late fall, and they'd have to build a fire on the inside of that. And that tobacco would be stripped from its stalk and pressed. And you could smell the smell of that stripping room. I'm telling you, if you've ever smelled the smell of a tobacco stripping room, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And the moment that smell crosses your nose, you know exactly what it is. And in a weird kind of way, it's a wonderful smell. As a matter of fact, my brother and his wife bought us a farm up in Kentucky recently. We were in part of his old barn, and he wasn't sure what part of it was. We walked into the barn. I said, this was the stripping room. Well, how do you know? Can smell it. Can smell it. Here's what I want to tell you something. When you remember things, it's, it's not just about cognitively remembering. It's about your senses are activated in that remembrance as if you were really there, as if it were happening all over again. And friend, even when we get in the New Testament, Jesus warns us about, about taking Holy Communion and doing it, examining ourselves. Why? Because he said, if we, if, if we, if we don't, we run the risk of crucifying them all over again. Now think about that, that we exploit the grace of God by partaking without remembering when he said, do this in remembrance of me. There are times I was talking about, Jennifer and I were on a Zoom call just a little bit ago, and I was talking about something in a service from years ago, and emotions begin to swell up on the inside of me. 
And I actually had tears form in my eyes because I could remember. 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 Look, let me tell you this. Your blessing begins in the place of remembrance. Look here. The Bible says, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God for, somebody write for, it is he that giveth the power to get wealth. That is to create wealth, literally to steward wealth. Can I tell you something? Many people never receive much because they never remember to steward the little well. That's why this year I have, it's in my gym bag right now. I bought a water, a, a bottle of water on December 26th. I paid $3.79 for a bottle of water. And I was appalled by that, to be honest with you. And then I begin to think, you know what? I'm helping so many people. Jennifer and I are now coaching. We've now coached over a thousand people, taking back their health, taking back their future. We've coached people like myself who's lost more than 100 pounds. We've seen people come off medications. We've had clients that that the program cost them less than the medications cost them before they got on the program. Come on, somebody. But how many people say, you know what? I need to be healthy. I want to be healthy, but I can't afford to be healthy. Friend, that's a poverty mindset right there. God wants you to be healthy. And, and so anyway, here, here was my point in that. We've, with that water bottle. So I was like, you know what? I just had somebody tell me, I, I really know I need to do this. Look, that's sad. But I, there's no judgment there on my heart. Here, let me be honest with you. Because when my doctor looked at me in the eye and she told me I was super morbidly obese. And she recommended surgery for me because she said, if something don't happen, you won't live long up on the earth. You know what I did about that? Absolutely nothing. Didn't change one thing. Went on believing God was going to heal me when in fact I stopped and got a ho-ho on the way home. Uh-oh. All right, so look, sounds like I'm meddling a little bit now, but I promise you I'm not, because here's the point. When we begin to remember the covenant promise of God, we, we start living in chin deep in his blessing rather than chin deep in fear and doubt and disbelief. And, and you know, my screens are blank now, so maybe everybody's gone. I don't know. Probably not a good time to say amen anyway. But here's what I want you to know. $3.79. So I decided that I was going to keep that one bottle all through the month of January. And I was going to count how many times I refilled it to see how much money I would save over a 30-day period, actually a 35-day period, because I bought it on the 26th of December. Over a 35-day period, how much money would I save by refilling one water bottle? at $3.79 a bottle. And within the first four days, I had I posted it on Facebook the other day. I believe it's the first four days. I had already saved $98. Now, I drink a lot of water, but my point is I had taken one bottle and saved $98. At that rate, I'm going to save more than a car payment in the month of January. 
through making one little change, one little act of stewardship. Friend, I want to tell you something. The enemy wants to so grip our minds in fear and doubt and poverty and economy and all of that. Can I tell you tonight? You're not subject at every level of your life to the economy of man. Friend, there is a greater reality. There is a greater promise. And I'm trying to find notes because I don't know if I've got one amen in the house. I don't even know. But you know what? I'm not slowing down to find out. For it is he that gives you power to create wealth. Somebody write in the message slot, if you're still here, somebody write in there, I've got the power. If you're watching this as a recording, just go ahead and write in there. I'll see it when you do. Just write in there, I've got the power. If you're listening to this on our podcast, just respond, I've got the power. That's what the Lord says. For it is he that gives to you the power to get wealth. He gives to you the power. Look, can I tell you this? Some people don't want the power. <clears throat> they want the wealth. Some people don't want the power to create it. They want the power to receive it. I'll, I'll take mine. I want my stuff back, right? I'm going after it. I'll tell you something. I'm going after it. You know, and by the way, on this program, I'm sure all of y'all knows it doesn't matter. I've lost 115 pounds. My life is changing. Am I there yet? No, I'm not there yet. Should have seen me before I started. But look, here's the deal. The stress of ministry and life and all of that and the burden you carry for everybody else, if you're not careful, you end up caring about everybody else so much, you somewhere forget to care about yourself. And friends, self-care is never selfish. All right. <clears throat> for it is he that gives you the power to get wealth. Why? Why? Somebody needs to memorize this for 2023. Deuteronomy 8, 17, and 18. Somebody write that in for me. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 17 and 18. For it is he that gives you power to, to get wealth. That goes for you, Deborah and Draco. She's, she, she's one of our health clients. She's one of our health coaches. Not only is she taking back her health, guess what? She's shaking up a lot of other people as well and helping them also. It's a beautiful thing. And we work as a team and there's no competition. Isn't that amazing? Look here. Now, why does he give you the power to get wealth? Now, you may say, wait a minute, are you just talking about money? You know what? <clears throat> if you think all I'm talking about is money, then you know what? You're, you're free to not have to listen. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about the blessing of God, friend. I'm talking about the blessing of God will overtake us. It'll overrun you. God has good things for you, not bad. God wants to bless you. God wants to help you. God wants to lead you. We're going to look at it in a moment. But why would he give to you the power to get wealth? Let me ask you this. <clears throat> Are y'all ready? Jack Pambrose says, so you can be a blessing. It's absolutely true. But let's look at this right here. Why does God give us the power to get wealth when he could just give us the wealth? Which do you want? 
A. Circle K, you're right. So Luke, which do you want? Do you want the wealth or do you want the power to get wealth? A lot of people say, well, I'll just take the wealth. Yeah, why not? Well, who wouldn't? But look, look at this. What he's saying is, I'm giving you the power to get the wealth. Here's the key difference. If he gives us the wealth, there's no accountability. There's no stewardship. There's no ownership of it. He gave it to me. How many of y'all know many times the things we give others, they don't value a lot. The things people have to work for, they value. And so here, he said, I'll give you the power to get wealth. Why? Look at what he says. That he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto your fathers, even as this day. So what's this? God gives you the blessing. Why? To establish his covenant. To establish his covenant. See, the problem with the church in America and much of the world is we become lazy and indifferent to the principles of stewardship and the sacrament, the sacerdotal elements of the dynamic Lord's Supper, his body and his blood, friend, his body and his blood, his body and his blood, his body was broken for you, his blood was spilled for you, and forever he sealed the covenant promise of God, which would release the power of the Holy Ghost to work in your life in amazing, innovative, creative, incomprehensible ways to create wealth. Not to just receive it, but to create wealth. Why? So he can establish the covenant. So, so what we're saying is, look, God establishes the covenant through the power of his blessing. So two nights ago, we talked about identity. Last night, we talked about the power of prayer. Tonight, we're talking about the power of the blessing. Why? You shall remember the Lord your God. It is he who gives you the power or the anointing to create wealth. Look, I had a dream the other night um, for a product that is so uh, outlandish. Part of me thinks, well, that has to be, somebody has to have already done that. But I had a dream about it. And I reached out to somebody here a while back and I said, look, I need to talk to an engineer. I need to talk to a builder. I need to talk to an architect. I need to talk to somebody who has knowledge and skills that I don't have because I just believe that I dreamed something that may in fact produce something in the earth that would be a source for great wealth and blessing into the kingdom of God. Look, if God can get it to me, I learned that from a really good friend of mine. I don't know if he's on tonight, but, and I learned it. If God can get it to me, he can give it through me. <clears throat> Look here. The anointing of God is the touch of God on your life. When God breathes on you, God breathes his favor and his blessing. Hear what I'm saying to you. Everybody needs to take a minute tonight, and everybody simply needs to remember. Remember one prayer he answered for you. 
remember one miracle that you saw. And by the way, if you're in the Pensacola area and you would like to join us here at our house on the 21st for the last night of this communion, we're going to invite you to reach out to my wife, Jennifer, reach out to Jennifer and uh, let her give you the details. And But we'd love to have you join us. Look here. Because when God breathes on you, he breathes favor and blessing. What are the blessings? Well, look, Deuteronomy chapter 28, go ahead and write that verse down, that chapter down. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 through 14. Can I give you some of them? The Lord's going to make you high above all the nations. God says that his blessings will overtake you. Come on, somebody. Somebody needs to say, you know what? Ho no mo. I ain't living in poverty. Look, poverty in the natural begins with a poverty in the mind, the poverty in the spirit. The poorest people among us are still some of the wealthiest in all of global history and in many, many families even today. Look at this. The Bible says that you'll be blessed in the city and you'll be blessed in the field. Come on. Is the Bible true? Who wants to believe the Bible now? Who wants to believe the Bible now? Does the Bible say, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness? How many of y'all believe that? Does the Bible say, for God so loved the, the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life? How many of you believe that? Everybody. How many of you all believe that you're going to be blessed in the city? You're going to be blessed in the field? Your blessing's going to overtake you? As a matter of fact, the Bible in Deuteronomy 28 talks about the fruit of your body being blessed supernaturally by God. Look, the fruit of your body. The fruit of your body is blessed. Come on, friend. The fruit of your body. Jennifer's Aunt Nell that's on here. I'm telling you, she's a blast, boys, I'm telling you. She's, she's a blast. But it, uh, the fruit of your body is blessed. Do you know the Bible says your ground is blessed? The beasts are blessed. That there's the increase of your cattle and the increase of your herds. Friend, what you own is blessed supernaturally by God. The Bible says that your basket and your store are blessed. Come on, somebody. You need to walk into your store. Say, this is my store right here, and it is blessed. The shelves are full. Prices are coming down. I'm blessed. My basket is blessed. Come on. The Bible says I'm blessed coming in and going out in that same passage. The Bible says that your enemies will be smitten. The Bible says your enemies will be smitten. The Bible says your enemies will be defeated. And it says before your face, your enemy will flee from you seven ways. Let me tell you something. Did you know God wants to bless you so much 
that the haters have to run from you seven different directions. Hey, if you would like to see that, put a number five right there in the chat. So I'd like to see that. I want to see them haters go this way and then that way, and then they're going to run over there, and then they're going to go over there. That's four. Then they're going to go back there. Then they're going to go over there. They're going to go over there. They're going to go over there. They're going to run away. And then be fun, Cindy. Be fun right there. The Bible says that there's a commanded blessing of God on your storehouse and on your land. The Bible says that you have the blessing as a holy people. The Bible says that they will see the anointing on you <clears throat> and be afraid of you. Can I tell you something? There's some people afraid of you, and you've never given them a reason to be afraid of you. They see something on you. <laughs> you like that? I like that. It's okay. It's the blessing of God. It's the blessing. Mary said, I am blessed. Sing it out loud. I am blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. I guarantee you, Mary is blessed. <clears throat> Stacy is blessed. Your family is blessed. Break off the curse that we've declared over ourselves and our family and our kids and our generation and our nation. Ask God to forgive you for cursing that which he's already told you is blessed. You want more, you may quit. It's one passage. God says that you will be blessed with a surplus of prosperity. Again, fruit of the body, livestock, ground, in the land that he's given you. You'll be blessed with rain in its season. Bless all the work of your hand. And guess what? You will be a lender and not a borrower. And look here, not only that, the Bible says you'll be the head and not the tail. That's what it says. Oh, I know we believe greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. But do you believe you're the head and not the tail? See, the church for a long time wanted to teach us how to think within a box rather than to allow the Holy Ghost to release an infusion of kingdom revelation in you that says, you know what, in my lifetime, I will become a lender and not a borrower. Jennifer and I have the, the privilege of knowing people in our lives who that has become a reality. Hallelujah. It's a reality in my life. How do I know? I'm blessed. I can quit if y'all want me to quit. Press down, shaking together, running over. Sounds great, don't it? I want, I want to see it. I want to do it. It is time for God's people to arise in the power of the Holy Ghost and possess the land. Years ago, we used to hear talk about the seven mountains and all that. 
people get all juiced up about, you know, the revelation of the seven mountains of education and family and government and all that. The church is going to take the seven mountains. Can I tell you something? God's never going to send the 12 dwarfs to take the seven mountains. I said it. I said it's too late. It's too late. God's never going to send the 12 dwarves to take the seven mountains. We didn't take the seven mountains because we had a church mindset rather than a kingdom mindset. How do I know? Because we were more worried about what the manual of the church said than we were what the writ of the Holy Bible said. Oh, Mary says seven dwarves. Well, I can I gave them five extras. They're still not going to do it. Who were they? I forget their name. Grumpy. 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 Smiley. Smiley, grumpy, happy, jolly, slimy. I don't remember the seven door. I don't remember all their names. Sleepy. Sleepy. Now, I used to pastor Sleepy. Dopey. I pastored Dopey, too. I do. I remember that one. I pastored Sleepy, and I pastored Dopey, that's for sure. Sneezy. Oh, my Lord. I, I know I pastored Sneezy. Uh, so, but here's the point. Here's the point. We We didn't take the seven mountains. We didn't do it. We're not changing our cities. We're not changing our family. Sneezy. I definitely pastored Sneezy. I can tell y'all. God, he'd blow his head off. <laughs> All right. So anyway, here, here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. God's not going to send the seven dwarfs to take the seven mountains. He's just not going to do it. We got to have a renewed mind that puts us in agreement with the word of God. Do you know how many churches, if you went in and begin to get up and declare these things over the church, you'd probably have to apologize before you got out of the door for believing such a thing. And then we wonder why we're in the mess we're in. It's time for the people of God to rise up in the power of the Holy Ghost and possess the land. How do we do that? We first remember God and restore the covenant. Secondly, we begin to be established in our identity. Thirdly, we begin to be restore the ministry of prayer. And then we begin to proclaim the power of the blessing. Hey, okay, here, I'm going I'm to do a quick survey. I'm going to do a quick survey. Was one of the seven dwarfs named Slimy? I don't remember. I got Slimy going on in my brain right now. I don't know why. Here's what I'm going to do a quick survey. If you believe the promises of God are true. I want you to put a number one in the message slide. The promises are true. Now, look, you need to think before you put a number one. Here's why. Because the moment I put a number one and I make that as a profession, then I'm brought into the reality of confronting why it is I don't believe 
the promises of God. And if I believe them, why don't I declare them with my mouth? Make them the staple of my life. Look, Ecclesiastes 2.26 says, For the person who pleases him, God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy. But to the sinner, he gives the work of gathering and heaping up that he may give to one who pleases God. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Think about that for a minute. The Bible says to the sinner, to the sinner, God gives the power to gather and to heap up. So God can then turn and give it to whomever he wants. But for the righteous, for the, the person who pleases God, God gives to him wisdom, knowledge, and joy. Wisdom, knowledge, and joy. Psalm 18 says, as for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tested and tried. He is a shield to all those who take refuge and put their trust in him. Psalm 23, it's our one of our verses for the year. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Somebody write that right there in the message slot. And friend tonight, no matter where you where you may watch this in the world, and last night we we had many, many people watching after the fact even, from around the world, wherever you're watching from. Friend, I want you to know the blessing of the word of God is yours. The revelation of his kingdom and of his truth is yours as much as it is ours or anybody else's. It's not based on language or culture or skin color or economy. I'm telling you, friend, the blessing of God is yours. He is El Shaddai. He is the God who is more than enough. He is the all-sufficient one. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is the Lord, our provider. Amen? So tonight, we're going to take communion together. We're going to take it together. So do you have your elements together? I'm, I'm, kind, of, I'm kind of pitiful tonight. Look, this is my cracker. Just keeping it real. My cracker. Here's my juice. This was given to me last communion time. I'm up in Madison, Indiana. Beautiful family up there. Everybody ready? So we're going to take communion. Hold, hold the bread. It may be a cracker. Hey, we're not fancy. It may be a goldfish like mine. It may be a wafer you stole from the church. <laughs> Before we take communion, I want to pray right now. And I want to declare that we break the curse of lack, the curse of poverty, poverty mindset. Poverty is lack, wantonness. Break it off of your life in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And I declare tonight that richest, most abundant blessings of God be poured out upon your life in these days. Friend, the power of God, the power of his blessing is here 
to touch you. Receive it right now in Jesus' name. Let's take the bread together. We take the juice and we bless it tonight. And we ask you, Lord, let us do this in remembrance of you. And let's celebrate the goodness of the Lord, the blessing of the Son of God who shed his blood for us. It's amazing. The psalmist wrote, sing unto the Lord, bless his name, and show forth his salvation from day to day, today, 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 today. Show forth the blessing of God in the lives of your people. Let's take this together. Hey, there we are, guys. So good tonight. Wow. Thank you all for jumping in. Gail says she loves that cracker. Me too, actually. It's a little goldfish. You got grandkids, you got goldfish. Just saying. So, hey, guys, thank you for jumping on tonight. Uh, we love getting to spend this time with you in this 21 days. And we're we're setting our hearts to set the year in place. Set it in order. Don't, don't expect somebody else to do it for you. Set your year in order. Remember the covenant. Know who you are in Christ. Establish your identity. Become a man or woman of prayer. Receive the blessing of God. That's what we've talked about in these first six nights. We love you guys. God bless you. Have a great night. From our little home here on the Gulf Coast of Florida, we bless you tonight in Jesus' name. Have a wonderful night. See you tomorrow night right here, same time. Don't get lost. Don't forget about it. Come on and show up. It's going to be a great time. Have a great night. We love you guys.